When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $15.99. Save $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. President Trump demands the Justice Department investigate the Justice Department. Just as Rudy Giuliani claims that Bob Mueller's investigation has an end in sight. And surprise, another secret Trump Tower meeting has been revealed. All this, now this is the state of America tonight. It's unusual to see a sitting president say, I want the Department of Justice to do an investigation. This is appalling that President Trump would dictate to what the Department of Justice does. This claim by the president that there is a political spy embedded in the Trump campaign is nonsense. Rudy Giuliani says the special counsel investigation of Mr. Trump could wrap up by September. This is really contingent on whether Trump gives an interview this summer to Mueller. Now the investigation is honing in on his son, Donald Jr. We now have at least a second and maybe a third nation that was trying to lean in to this campaign. Hello, everyone. I'm John Avalon, live in New York, in tonight for Kate Baldwin. And to our viewers watching around the world, this is the State of America. Now, between tweet storms and TV appearances, President Trump and his allies seem to be doing their best to make their case against the Justice Department in the court of public opinion. Don't believe me? Well, look no further than Trump's latest attack on his agency. In a weekend tweet, he said, quote, I hereby demand and will do so officially tomorrow that the Department of Justice look into whether or not the FBI slash DOJ infiltrated or surveilled the Trump campaign for political purposes. And if any such demands or requests were made by people within the Obama administration. Now, CNN has learned that Trump's request could come in a White House letter today, the same day that the president has an already scheduled meeting with Rob Rosenstein, FBI Director Ray, and Director of National Intelligence Dan Coats. But we should note that U.S. officials have told CNN the confidential source was not placed in the Trump campaign. And at a ceremony for incoming CIA Director Jenna Haspel, the president gave a shout out to one Republican lawmaker who'd been solidly in his corner when it comes to questioning the DOJ and its actions. And a very courageous man, he's courageous, Congressman Devin Nunes. Thank you very much, Devin, for being here. Appreciate it. Now, Devin Nunes, you may recall, is the Republican chair of the House Intel Committee. He recused himself from the panel's Russia probe amid accusations he was back-channeling with the White House. Nunez, who's now back on the job, is pressing the Justice Department to hand over documents related to the confidential FBI source. And another Republican is also expressing real concern. It bothers me that they may be an informant in one of the campaigns unless there's a damn good reason. I'm intent on letting Mr. Mueller do his job, but I want to make sure that the FBI and the Department of Justice did not try to, in, in their own way, change the outcome of the election. But an intel chief who worked for President Obama slammed the current president's comments. I think that's uh, actually a very disturbing assault on 
the independence of the Department of Justice, politicizing uh, what is a legitimate activity on the part, and an important one on the part of the FBI. They, they use foreman, informants and have strict rules and protocols under this. And, but the big, the big thing here is this is not about spying on, on his campaign. It's about what the Russians are doing. Were they attempting to infiltrate the campaign? And that was the concern. For its part, the Justice Department has agreed to look into the matter. In a statement, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein said, quote, If anyone did infiltrate or surveil participants in a presidential campaign for inappropriate purposes, we need to know about it and take appropriate action. Now, Rosenstein's comments caught the eye of his predecessor, a woman who held the job until she was fired by Trump for raising a red flag about his then-National Security Advisor, Michael Flynn. Here's former Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates. I know it was just a tweet, but he did say something to the effect, if I recall correctly, I hereby order. Yeah. Um, and we saw the Justice Department respond to that. But, you know, I think Rod Rosenstein is, is trying to strike a balance here between diffusing this situation, but also protecting the rule of law and the institutional integrity of the department. And then there's the ubiquitous Rudy Giuliani, who's been very vocal in making his case for the client to the American public, even after the president said his apparently trusted attorney needed to, quote, get his facts straight. Now he is making a stunning prediction that Robert Mueller will wrap up his investigation by September 1st if the president sits down for an interview. But one former federal prosecutor says Giuliani's timeline just doesn't quite add up. So I'm incredibly skeptical of that because you have to imagine that the president could walk in and say 50 things that the special counsel's team has never heard before. They would run down every single one. As a rule, you would investigate, you would interview the the person who's at the top of the pyramid. You know, you always sort of work your way up. And Mm -hmm. when it comes to the obstruction conducted by the president, it would be the president. So the fact that they're interviewing him, he may be one of the last steps. But again, I don't think Mueller, it'd be tough to put a specific time timestamp on that. A source familiar with the probe is dismissing the former New York City mayor's claims as an attempt to pressure Mueller, telling Reuters that Giuliani's comments are, quote, entirely made up, that an official went on to say that Mueller will, quote, wrap it up when he thinks he's turned over every rock. And speaking of turning over every rock, Bob Mueller has a potential boulder involving Donald Trump Jr., The New York Times is reporting that three months before the election, the president's son met with yet another group of foreign officials, including an emissary for two Arab princes, as well as an Israeli social media specialist, all of whom offered to help the Trump campaign. This is frowned upon in American law and just might prove illegal. It's not entirely clear as to what exactly the Israelis here were offering, but the importance of this, I think, is that it's another um, example of foreign outreach to the campaign, foreigners, non-U.S. citizens offering help to the campaign. And that is perhaps the issue that Robert Mueller and the special counsel have been looking at. Now, the story was news to the top Democrat on the House Intel Committee, which Donald Trump Jr. testified before last year. You're not allowed to get the help of a foreign government, friendly or unfriendly. Uh, But clearly, if this is accurate, it is consistent with the other Trump Tower meeting uh, with uh, reaching out to foreign was sources this new to information. You? Was this stuff new to you guys at um, the House Intel Committee? The, the, the specifics of this were certainly new, yes. Okay. Now, we should note the Republicans who run the House Intel Committee declared that probe was over last month. And another Democrat says the new report potentially sheds new light on the president's recent Twitter rant. 
I think we now know why Donald Trump was senior, was so agitated over the weekend in a Twitter storm about the Mueller investigation, because now the investigation is honing in on his son, Donald Jr. And what's he honing in on? Illegal foreign interference with the United States election. As we like to say here at State of America, stay tuned to stay tuned. Let's get straight to it. President Trump versus his own Justice Department. His demand for an investigation unleashing a political earthquake. Josh Campbell is a CNN law enforcement analyst and former FBI special agent, and he joins me now from Los Angeles to break it all down for us. Josh, is this normal for a president to make such a request? This is the definition of abnormal. And, you know, if you look at how we operate in the United States, and you you know this, I'm sure our viewers around the world can appreciate that not everything in a justice system is necessarily legislated. We have these things called norms where there are certain standards that, you know, our government operates under that, you know, although it's not codified in any type of law, it's just the way it's done. And this administration has shown time and again how they're willing to take on those norms, uh, you know, head on if it doesn't suit their will. And let's talk about two different things. First of all, being this notion of independence. There's long been a norm in the United States uh, since our founding that the system of justice would be in the executive branch. It would not be of the executive branch. So there's always been that level of independence. Only in an authoritarian regime does the chief executive get to turn to national law enforcement and say, go investigate this, go investigate that. That's not how we operate here. But here, obviously, we've seen that norm, you know, flouted for political purposes, in my judgment. The second, which being, and this has been hotly debated and contested here in the United States, is the notion of how do you protect sources and methods of intelligence agencies and law enforcement? Yet another norm. It's not legislated that Congress and the administration doesn't ask for specifics about sources, human intelligence, but it's long been that norm that that you just don't do that. Law enforcement will keep congressional overseers informed of their operations. Sources and methods have long been off limits, but this is yet another instance where it seems as though a human intelligence asset has become a target of political forces. And, and that's the point that FBI Director May made to, Ray made to Congress just the other day. But explain to us then, if, if Trump and co. are accusing the FBI and DOJ of planting a source inside the campaign, explain how it could be that there was an informant within the campaign without being put there proactively by the FBI. Yeah, absolutely. Good question. Good distinction. And I'll say at the outset that just because an FBI informant may have been used in the investigation, I'll go so far as to say, even if one was implanted, quote unquote, that doesn't necessarily mean that there was malfeasance or that it was done illegally. I can tell you from my time as an FBI agent, when you're running human sources, that is among the most overseen and scrutinized operation that the FBI engages in, because not only do you want to ensure that informants are you know, providing you accurate and lawful information, but you want to ensure that the risk there is mitigated, that they're not out there just kind of operating on their own. So in order to get approval to have a source used in an investigation, the bar is set very high. And I'll take it a step further. In order to get approval to surveil or to use an informant against a politician or a political campaign, that's a whole certain another caliber, a level of over, oversight and approval that's required within the Justice Department before those operations even get off the ground. Fascinating stuff. Thank you, Josh Campbell. Thanks, John. Still ahead, a familiar Trump Tower story with a twist. President Trump's eldest son apparently didn't just meet with a Russian in the lead up to the election. And a new report says he also had a meeting with representatives from other foreign powers. Our panel weighs in next on This and More. We 
We've talked a lot about the June 2016 Trump Tower meeting, but wait, there's more. Another pre-presidential Trump Tower meeting with Donald Trump Jr. is drawing new scrutiny. The New York Times reporting that President's eldest son met with an emissary for Gulf states who pledged to help his father win. An election, an Israeli social media specialist was also thrown in the mix. Is this the kind of foreign support legal? Well, not exactly. Joining us on the panel tonight, Errol Lewis, CNN political commentator and political anchor of Spectrum News, S.E. Cup, CNN political commentator and the host of S.E. Cup Unfiltered. Rob Astorino, former Republican nominee for the governor of New York, and Reed Wilson, national correspondent for The Hill. Gentlemen and ladies. Hello. Hello. All right, Rob, we're going to start with you. You always do. You know, that's just because I'm fond of you. And you have direct campaign experience, albeit perhaps not presidential, but all this meeting with foreign folks trying to help Trump Co. win a presidential election, this does not seem like a best practice. No, but you know what? I bet it's not unusual. And here's what I mean by that. When somebody says, hey, I think I got a bag of dirt on your opponent, just about every campaign in America is going to say, what you got? Can or I you contest you on that? You During can. the 2000 election, Gore campaign got a videotape of, of a debate prep for Bush sent to them, and they turned it over immediately to the FBI. Okay, good for them. But, but you I'm know just what? saying, other, don't, don't uh, accept others, the dirt as normal. I, I, I do think opposition research is very normal in every campaign everywhere. Right, but is it right for foreign Right, that's illegal. where the line should be, but it's very tempting to cross that line. Now, we don't know that anything actually happened here, so let's not hang them because we don't know anything that mm-hmm. actually happened. And apparently they weren't interested and they walked out. <laughs> ah, I see. I mean, so we're done here, right? Well, I find <laughs> two, two things. Take it to a break. Two, <laughs> I find it very hard to believe that Don Jr. was not interested. Don Jr. has been professionally interested in all kinds of uh, dirt, even if that's using some sort of questionable uh, tactics to obtain it. He famously wrote in writing, uh, as it were, I love this. I love Mm -hmm. it when referring to some information on Hillary Clinton. So I I think he probably was very interested, though we don't know uh, what what came of that information. The other thing, though, clearly countries like um, Israel, Russia, UAE, Saudi Arabia believed they had a willing partner in disseminating some of this information, um, which is troubling. Uh, Did they think they had a willing partner because Don Jr. et al. were political neophytes, and so they might not know better? Or did they think they had a willing partner because they were known to be unscrupulous? So Both Errol, are troubling. Yeah, I mean, yes. Errol, let, take on that question directly. Is this just a question of ignorance, or is it arrogance? Did they not know the law, or did they not think the law applied to them? Well, you know, in some ways it doesn't really matter, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the federal law in this case says that when it comes to uh, a foreign entity, uh, the campaign cannot solicit accept or receive any assistance from them, anything of value. Now, there's room for interpretation of that, but then that's why you end up getting investigated, right? So that's what we have to f- sort of figure out. And, let, and let's keep in mind, I mean, the, the first thing that came from uh, the, 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 uh, the Trump world was, well, nothing came of it. Well, you know, if we all got together and planned a bank robbery, the time and the place and what we were going to do, and then we said, you know what, let's not do it, what you've got is a conspiracy. What you've got is a problem. What you've got is something that's going to be investigated. I think that may be, at a minimum, the level at which this uh, has uh, landed, because they said that the meeting took place. Somebody came from the Gulf states. Mm-hmm. Somebody came from, from Saudi. Uh, somebody was there from Israel. And they were all sort of trying to figure out how to help the campaign win. Somebody's lights should have gone on and said, we can't have this meeting. Please leave the room. 
um, rather than try and dismiss it as, well, nothing came of it. It's like, no, that's going to get you an investigation, unfortunately. Reed, I mean, you know, that's the real question, though. Was there anyone in the room who had proper campaign experience at this time to know that? Or is this just a basic matter of judgment that you shouldn't need a Ph.D. in election law to know is a problem? Right. You, you shouldn't probably need that sort of level of experience with uh, with campaign law to know that foreign involvement is not good. And in fact, the Israeli firm uh, that w- was going to happen or going to help the campaign went to an American uh, law firm and said, is this legal? The law firm said no. And so they ended up not pursuing the plan that they had at least prepared for. Uh, the Their thing- slogan, by the way, was we shape reality, which right. I found which very chilling. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, the thing I think we're learning here is that Donald Trump is the great uniter, right? He's not a divider. He's, he brings together the Saudis and the Israelis and the Emirates and the Russians and, and Paul Manafort and the Ukrainians and uh, all all in one table trying to help him win an election. There there no should have been price. there should have been alarm bells uh, and I, I think the the fact that the Israeli firm went to the law firm to try to seek some guidance and ended up pulling back a little of their involvement is probably evidence. Of it, that. it is stunning to see just the sheer number of foreign countries and nationals that reached out to the campaign to try to influence the election. This is not normal, Rob. Spoiler alert, but. Here's the thing. We're seeing a partisan divide in the investigation to date that I think is is interesting and perhaps kind of concerning. Just over the last three months, we've seen Republican support for Mueller's investigation never high going lower. Democrats slight downtick. Independents actually slight uptick for the investigation. But is this partisan divide troubling if you're concerned about the pursuit of truth, the pursuit of justice? Well, let me go back a little bit, John, for a second. When you know, just like in, in a roundabout way, you know, what's the difference between the Clinton Foundation accepting money from all countries doing business with America as she's Secretary of State, preparing, in everyone's thoughts, to become president? You know, I mean, that's certainly a fine line, mm-hmm. right? Okay, the, the, but the so, but, but rather than deflecting no Hillary Clinton out of that investigation, yeah. and there are twenty investigations. Maybe there should have been though. Maybe well, and, and maybe if she'd won the election, we'd have a different an situation. Issue with that. I mean, yeah. you know, you don't have to. I don't have to tell you as a Republican, we were very vocal about uh, the insidiousness of those relationships. We called them out. We tried to get more information on them. So in in many ways, this is just the same thing. And and maybe a better Clinton parallel, just to play the deflection game, is to go back to the 96 election when the Chinese were seen as, as you know, trying to invest, donate to the Clinton-Gore campaign and got a lot of heat from it from Republicans. I guess the second question for you as a Republican, as a New York Republican, Donald Trump, New York Republican, are you concerned that this constant investigation, this appearance of wrongdoing ends up really damaging the Republican brand, maybe not with the base, but with independents? Well, it has so far. I mean, the Trump effect has been, I'm exhibit A, I just lost an election in November of last year because in a Democratic county where actually my numbers were very, very strong, but an enormous amount of Democrats came out to vote against any Republican. And you're going to see that, and we have seen it so far. So I think it's, it's happening. Exhibit A, otherwise known as Rob Astorino. Thank you very much. Coming up, it's graduation season, and some high-profile names are offering students some very timely advice. We'll hear their messages and talk to the panel about it next. be our shield against corruption. The responsibility of every American citizen to each other 
is to preserve and protect our freedom by recognizing what truth is and is not. We're in a moment where humanity and decency are being eroded, where the very notion of empirical fact is being attacked and corroded. Oprah Winfrey, Rex Tillerson, and CNN's own Jake Tapper offering their words of wisdom to students in commencement addresses earlier this month. It's graduation season across the U.S., and many high-profile names are offering timely advice about something as basic as the truth, responsibility, and decency. The panel is back with me now to discuss S.E., Graduation addresses usually about the future so bright I gotta wear shades. Right, wear sunscreen. Wear sunscreen uh, in the alleged Kurt Vonnegut, not really by Not Kurt really, Vonnegut's right. Speech. No, I mean, I guess may you live in interesting times is a little too glib. <laughs> That's the best you got? But, well, it does feel glib right now because we are living in interesting times and as, you know, some would say dangerous times. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the era of commencement speeches by, you know, Stephen Colbert... Uh, joking his way through, or Sasha Baron Cohen dressing up as Ali G. I mean, that's a, of a different era. And so I think you're seeing more and more of uh, of our, our leaders, yeah. uh, as it were, uh, addressing the seriousness of the times and sort of handing out these warnings, these cautions, um, these, these very simple life lessons, like be decent human people, respect the truth and facts, because it feels urgent to say that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and what does it say when the truth, something as remedial and basic as the truth needs to be reinforced, Errol? Well, I mean, it, what, what I hear them saying is that we have to protect our institutions. We have to make better use of our institutions. That there's nothing going on, as much chaos and disruption as there is uh, going on throughout society, if we're going to deal with them, whatever's going on in Washington, whatever's going on with, say, gun control, it's going to be our institutions. It's going to be courts, Congress, elections. It's going to be uh, civic institutions and media. none of the, the media. Mm-hmm. And none of those work if we don't have sort of some basic commitments that you can't necessarily legislate. Like, don't go around spreading false information. Mm-hmm. It makes it hard for any of these institutions to function. It makes it hard for democracy to function. Rob Estorino, you heard Rex Tillerson's speech. That was a not-so-subtle jab, it would seem, at the president. Uh, this, I think, shows two things. First of all, this concern is not a partisan concern. It's about something deeper. And how do you hear that as a Republican, as a strong Trump supporter, to hear the former Secretary of the State Call out the president's truth-telling ability, his fidelity to facts. Well, I would also shine the light and and put the mirror on those listening, because what's happening on college campuses right now, the freedom of assembly, freedom of speech, that is dwindling away pretty quickly. Right. Now that you've now that you've reflected, but, no, but back also to the audience, I don't know if he was necessarily talking about just about the president. Really, he could have been talking about the media too. I mean, just last week, the animal comment. I mean, clearly, they the, the press got it wrong. Clearly, anyone who saw that full comment who saw the back and forth, knew exactly what he was talking about. Those weren't the headlines. Those weren't the stories. Rob, you're a former uh, county executive. Um, you know, undocumented workers there. Do you think it is appropriate then to call any anyone in the country an animal? A- MS-13 gang members? I'll call them worse. Great. There's, Absolutely. A, good, there's a great tradition of that right around the world that people uh, <laughs> may be listening to. Reed, um, you know, look, Rob deflected as, as you know, folks are wont to do. But <coughs> that Rex Tillerson comment... Uh, was tough. This is the first really extended comments, and he didn't direct them explicitly at the president, but it's hard to read any other way. How did you hear it? Uh, he, I mean, he learned a lot being a diplomat uh, in for his brief period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that, that I reflect on in, in all of these speeches is that the, the addresses that last for 
millennia, for centuries, millennia, go back and address these sort of fundamental questions about what society is. Um, I happen to be reading uh, Pericles' funeral oration the other day. That's a which good is, one. Which oh, is, a, it is a great <laughs> it is a great reminder of what made Athens great and what made democracy great, and it has to do with the fact that everybody had access to power, uh, and, and power was, was uh, delivered based on merit, things like that, and that society was therefore strong and open and accountable to itself, and something like that, you could drop that in a commencement speech today and it would still be relevant. We will, well, and that, the same will be true of truth. Thank you all very much. Before we go, I want to greet you with Hillary Clinton balancing her graduation advice with humor when she spoke at Yale University on Sunday. She told graduates to rise to the occasion in this tumultuous moment in history, but she also joked about losing the election to Donald Trump. Clinton even took a crack at the ongoing accusations that the Trump campaign colluded with Russia. Take a listen. I still think about the 2016 election. I still regret the mistakes I made. I brought a hat, too. A Russian hat. I mean, if you can't beat them, join them. It's when you're not elected president, you get to wear the hat. And thank you for joining us tonight on day 487 of President Trump's administration. That means it is 169 days until the midterm elections. You checked out our podcast yet? If not, what are you waiting for? Subscribe now. More in State of America with Kate Baldwin tomorrow. We all do things our own way. And since the way that each of us sleeps is unique, you need a bed that fits you just the right way. Sleep Number smart beds make your sleep experience as individual as you are, using cutting-edge technology to give you effortless, high-quality sleep every night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $15.99. Save $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.